Welcome to our Sunday morning service here on our podcast for New England Christian Church. We hope you're having um, a great Sunday and uh, just hope that you'll continue praying. The last few weeks, we've not been in service for in-person service due to um, some sickness within the church, but also uh, today we are still virtual. So if you're catching the sermon this way, uh, we are planning to return to in-person service on January the 17th, obviously taking precautions and things of that nature. So we wanted to pass that along to you this morning. Welcome to our service here this week, January the 10th, and we are continuing our conversation on beginnings. We started this last week. We uh, looking at it, really diving into it and seeing what the Lord has said to us. You know, we've begun a brand new year. And, and this week, I want to talk about God talk, so to speak. Uh, it's a time when we naturally consider new things. So we uh, challenged you last week uh, in the lesson and in the message to um, to consider the beginning. And and I w- went to Genesis 1-1. We looked at how we need to reorder our lives as we move forward and um realize that everything begins with God. And and I asked, what is an indicator to those around you that God is at the beginning of your entire life? And I hope that thought or that question has sort of stopped you in your tracks and given you the opportunity to reflect and, and imagine what uh, in your life, giving you a chance to look and, and seriously evaluate your own life, actions, words, your behaviors, and, and I told you that to place God at the beginning of everything does not happen by accident. So I hope that you have purposely reordered your life this week in some ways. Now, remember that we asserted that Jesus is the glue that holds our lives together. When he is not the center of every choice, every action, every moment of our lives, our lives tend to fall apart. And boy, is this week shown us a number of things that look that way so i want to continue this examination of the beginning and see what it might teach us today now if we turn to the book of genesis um genesis 1 1 through 5 and then 14 through 18 now i want to read this in this way today Um, It's a story we've heard a number of times, and normally I don't read out of this translation, but, you know, it's um, it's one that I think we know the story, but this is a different way of hearing it. And and so it says this first, this God created the heavens and the earth. All you see, all you don't see. Earth was a soup of nothingness, a bottomless emptiness and inky blackness. God's spirit brooded like a bird above the watery abyss. God spoke light and light appeared. God saw that light was good and separated light from dark. God named the light day and he named the dark night. It was evening. It was morning. Day one. And then skipping to uh, verse 14 and 15. God spoke lights come out. Shine in heaven's sky, separate day from night, mark seasons and days and years, lights in heaven's sky to give light to earth. And there it was. 
God made two big lights, the the larger to take charge of the day, the smaller to be in charge of the night. And he made the stars. God placed them in the heavenly sky to light up the earth and oversee day and night to separate light and dark. God saw that it was good. It was evening. It was morning. Day four. Now, this version is uh, obviously a paraphrase. It is obviously a loose paraphrase. But it is um, the message. Now, I don't normally preach from the message, and, and I'm not preaching from it today. But we need to understand that, you know, sometimes a different way of hearing it or seeing it might be good. But I want to talk about this God talk that we have here. If we're going to learn anything from the beginning, we need to slow down and read it carefully. You maybe didn't even catch what just took place. I've read this passage for decades. I've, I've read it my whole life. And it wasn't until just recently that I realized what took place. You see, in Genesis 1, 3 through 5, day 1, God is examining an empty void, a bottomless abyss called earth, and with a spoken word calls light to overtake the darkness. The passage says that at that moment, the word light escaped across the lips of God, and there was instantly light to separate day and night. But I also want us to go back and ponder what takes place in Genesis 1, 14 through 19. The passage clearly states that on day three, God in his creative genius steps in and he creates a glowing fireball that burns at 27 million degrees Fahrenheit to provide light, warmth, and signify that day has come. He speaks again in a song-inspiring, love-inspiring, and awe-inspiring orb called the moon plows into the night sky and provides a warm, reflected light. Did you catch what he did here? He created light on day one. He created the sun and the moon on day three. In other words, God created light during the first few ticks of time. In fact, it was the first thing he spoke. Let there be light and there was light. God didn't create the systems to support that light until two days later. There was light. There was no sun, moon, or stars to sustain the light. He created on the first day with his word. Nothing was there to sustain the light he created on day one. From the very first moments of creation, we come face to face with the sheer power and force of God's word. God's speech, God's talk is so potent that even when there were no natural support systems in place to perpetuate the light, his word had created light and it remained. So the truth from the beginning is that you need to hear God speak. What are we talking about? What? God created light before he created the methods of light? Yes. That's the beauty of creation. And as we begin anew, 
as we look deeper into this word of God, God created the light before he created what we think is the light. How many times growing up did we hear that the sun was created? God created light. There was the sun and then he moved it to its rightful place. No, God created light. God created light. Then he created the sun and the moon. The very son of God understood the truth of why the word. The word of God spoke. It will sustain you. God's word is a sustaining word. The very son of God understood this truth. You remember in the moment of trial and temptation, Jesus' response to the enemy was, you can, can't live by bread alone, but rather are sustained by every word that comes from the mouth of God. God's word provides sustenance for us, for you, for I. Jesus knew that there would be times when bread, the natural means of sustenance, will not get through the day. He knew that there are going to be times in life when the support systems are going to let you down. The great lifelong friends that you have trusted will disappear. The family member that you have come to depend on will walk away. The job that you looked to do, that you looked to for support and provision dries up. Jesus knew the lessons of Genesis 1. He knew that God's word and only God's word could sustain us. Even in spite of the natural systems of support that we look to. See, there are times when everything will go against us. No one will support us. No one will applaud and no one will agree. No one will encourage you. But if you can get a word, you can make it. There will be times when everyone will look at you and tell you you are crazy to keep going or keep trying. There will be no visible reason for you to continue. They will try to convince you to quit, to give up. But we have to learn to live on every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. That word needs nothing to support it or sustain it. It makes it on its own. Now, some of you may be thinking, wait, what? <laughs> Let me do this again. A, worldless, a wordless world was a dark, unproductive, chaotic place. And you need to make the personal application that a wordless life is a dark, unproductive, and chaotic life. If we are not in the word of God today, it is unproductive. It is chaotic. It is dark. I don't have to tell you that twice, do I? Too many of us are wandering through life. We're wandering and we can't seem to find our stride. The life that we live is marked by circling patterns. It's marked by banging your head on the same wall repeatedly over, over, and over again. Could it be that the darkness, the chaos that you were blanketed in is the direct result of a wordless life? My question is, do you have a word? It sustains you. It sustains itself. And it brings peace. Our storms are not silenced by antidepressants or another drink. It's not silenced by someone to sleep with or a nicer car to drive. The only thing that silences the war within us is the word of God, the, the one who speaks peace. 
So do you have a word? Do you have a word? Not only will it bring peace, but it will bring healing. You know, you can go home, find your servant well. A word from him can override the word of a thousand physicians. Do you have a word today? It brings provision. He spoke blessing. He spoke the word over the bread and the fish and fed 5,000. Provision made by word. A word from him can make your measly earnings stretch farther, accomplish more than any loan or financial planner can do. Do you have a word today? It's a question we need to answer. Do you have a word? It will also bring pruning. Now, as we think about the times we are in, these things are relevant. These things are important. It can bring pruning. We like the provision, but we must also understand that it prunes. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. It divides and it cuts. And if you are not being challenged to remove things out of your life, I doubt very seriously if you have a word from God. One of the things that is standing between you and I and the providing word that we have received is probably the thing that we believe must or can coexist alongside him. Like God and my habit or God and my friends or God and my pet or God in my home. It's sin, folks. Anything that we think coexists with God above God or on the level of God in our lives is sin. We embrace God talk when we add it to our lives and when it adds to our lives. But we resist it when God's word subtracts from our lives. We push it away. When God is pruning us, we push it away. Now hear what I'm saying. When God is pruning you, that is not the time to tuck, tell, and run. That is the time to listen. Do you have a word? Because that pruning can lead to a purpose. Imagine being Peter. You're a fisherman. You're just out doing your job. And then Jesus comes along. and says, follow me. I will make you a fisher of men. And he goes. And he becomes the cornerstone of the church. Why? Because Jesus said, upon this rock, I will build my church. Maybe you're Paul rather than Saul. You go from a murderer to an apostle due to a simple word. Do you have a word, folks? Do you have a word from God today? Because it also brings pardon. Jesus on the cross to the thief. Today you will be with me in paradise. A simple word of forgiveness from him can catapult you into paradise. It will carry you over to paradise in eternity. Do you have a word? Look, everything that we have need of isn't found in promotions, bank accounts, designer clothes. It's not found in scores of friends or in our name and lights, fames and fortunes. They're not word. All that we have need of can only be found in the creative, life-giving, chaos-breaking, curse-breaking, sustaining power of the Word of God. Is your life wordless? 
There is a war. There is a battle raging over the word in your life. A spiritual battle of the word. And you need to know that the enemy of our life is doing everything possible to keep us from hearing or perceiving the word of God for our lives. There are some things about God's word that we need to know so that we can be on guard today. The first is that a word can be ignored. We don't have to listen to God. As powerful as the word is, it can be ignored. And some of us have heard the word of the Lord over our life. And yet we continue to ignore and run from it. And that results in chaos. Some of us have heard a word for us through a sermon or through someone, maybe mine or someone else's. And we fail to obey. Sometimes we've read it and we failed to obey. We've heard the word of the Lord in, in some kind of situation when we were young, but we failed to act upon it. And the result of our disobedience is darkness and confusion. An ignored word is a dangerous word because the very word that was to bring life now brings death. Because when you ignore revelation, when you... Uh, wind up in a situation in a circumstance that you can't understand we need to go back and pick up the word that we ignored we need to go back and understand okay how did i get here let's start over let's fix this let's trust in the word today that word can be ignored it can also be choked out if we are not careful, the cares of life will choke out the word of God. No time to read, no time to act, no resources to set in motion. You just need to know that if you have a word, then you also have a mandate to protect that word and make room in your life, in your busy schedule, maybe even in your budget to enable it to come to pass. Some of us are choking out the word with worldly things. Some of us are choking out the word with politics, with friends, relationships. How much time have you set apart this week for his word? How much time has been given to the reading of his word? How much quiet time have you allotted to hear his word? Listen, don't choke the word out of your life. The third thing we need to see about the word is that the word can be missed. In John 1, John states that Jesus was the word in the flesh. Then he comes back in verse 11 and he tells us that Jesus, the word, came and his own didn't receive him. They missed him. How many times in scripture is the word missed? Jacob stumbled into a place where God is and doesn't recognize it. The Pharisees and the Sadducees, the religious elite, fail to recognize the word. A woman at the well has face-to-face -face encounter with the word and doesn't realize who she is dealing with. Two disciples on the road speak with Jesus and don't recognize that they have the word as a traveling companion. Listen, if they could miss the word in the flesh... How much easier will it be for us to miss the word today? 
So I want to challenge you this year. Don't miss the word. There will come a time over the course of this year that words will invade your life, that the word of God will come in. It will invade your life. And it is our job to tune our ears, to turn the volume down on the other things in our lives, to make room for the interruptions from God's word. Quiet the other voices so that you can hear the voice. Listen, scripture has assured us that the sheep will know the voice of the shepherd. Now, I'm not sure of that anymore, and it isn't the shepherd's fault. He's still speaking. There is a constant proceeding taking place. It is the sheep's fault for being so unused to listening. The sheep don't listen anymore. We're listening to the voice of other shepherds. We're listening to the voice of things that are happening. We're not listening for the voice of the shepherd. But he clearly says in his word, the sheep know my voice. But if we're not used to listening, then how will we discern his voice anymore? Here's a simple and profound clue on how to hear the word and to elevate it in your life today. The more you read his word, the more familiar you become with his voice. The more that you elevate his word in your life, the more likely it will be that that word will elevate your life. Our ability to believe and operate on the word we receive is dependent on the word that we read. If you can't live up to what you don't know, plain and simple. You can't live up to what you don't know. And if you are not spending time in the word, you're never going to live up to what you don't know. Find a word for your life today. Am I saying to run after some prophet somewhere and get them to speak over you? No, I didn't say chase a word. I said, find a word, dig, read, constantly listen because God is constantly speaking over your life. You just have to provide a foundation of his word to hear it. Without a foundation of his word, you will be scammed. You will be played. You will be pulled in a hundred different directions and you will claim that it is the word of God, but it is not. The beginning starts correctly because of the word of God. And if you're going to start this year off right, you must obey Hear it. Be sustained by the word of God. Do you have a word? If so, welcome to the light. Remember what John said. Let's look at what John said as we close today. But in John chapter one, John said, oh, so much. And he spoke directly to us about this word. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. All things were made through him. And apart from him, nothing was made that has come into being. In him was life and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overpowered it. <laughs> oh. Then there was a man named John, and he came as a witness to testify about the light. He was not the light, but he came to bear witness concerning the light, the true light coming into the world, the light for every man. He was in the world. The world was made through him, but the world did not know him. He came to his own, but the world did not receive him. 
that word became flesh and dwelt among us is verse 14. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and he said, let there be light, and there was light. And in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, the word was God, and the word was the light of life, the light of man. In him, in the word, in the light, all things were created, all of them working together. Do you have a word? I hope you do. I truly, truly hope that you do. I'm going to close in prayer this morning. If you don't have a word or you need to find a word, I pray that you will get in the word today. Study his word. Dive into his word. Really invest yourself in his word today. Because the word of God is active. Sometimes we miss it. Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to come together in this way. Lord, I pray that you would just continue to show us your glory. And Lord, help us to see the light, to see the word. Lord, help us to hear the word that you have for us today. Lord, help us to dive into your word, to study it, to acknowledge it, to recognize it, Lord, to become familiar with it so we know your voice. Lord, if there be any who hear this today that need a touch from you, I pray that you would just speak over them. Lord, I pray that they would hear you. Father, go with us, lead us, direct us. Continue to show us glory, Lord, through your word. Lord, we pray these things in your holy, precious, wonderful name today. Amen. And again, we want to thank you for tuning in for our services here on our uh, podcast page. Thank you for listening and hope you had a blessed time with us. You can get more information on Newland Christian Church at newlandchristianchurch.com or go to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash newlandchristianchurch. And until next week, we hope you have a blessed week in the Lord.